that she does it now. episode six. Uh, today I have some friends with me. I'm April, Stephanie, and Trish. And we are going to talk about some issues facing Nebraska schools today. So let's get started. All right. Number one, uh, in the legislature, uh, we have a priority bill from Senator Linehan that is LB 670, the Opportunity Scholarships Act, that would provide tax credits what I know is that um, it gives a tax credit to individuals and businesses that contribute money to offset the cost of private school tuition for some students. So it's not a voucher, but it's basically it's a, a voucher. It's a neo-voucher. It's a neo-voucher. And um, it's coming up really fast. I'm hoping this pot is out before. Um, it's coming up for committee mm-hmm. Thursday, March 7th. Um, and you can go to that hearing, or if you're going to submit written testimony, ask to have it included in the record, and you, they have to receive it via email or whatever before 5 p.m. the day before, Wednesday, March 6th. Correct. Okay. And let's frame this a little bit. This is Linehan's Linehan's priority priority bill. Well, and not only that, uh, last round, this was LB-295, and as you would expect, it was going through the Education Committee, but they pulled a fast one, mm-hmm. and it is actually in the Revenue Committee, which is much more Republican. Because hmm. now they're framing it as a tax credit, so that's not an education issue, that's a revenue issue. Well, what's funny is they're actually uh-huh. taking revenue away from the state, which is not what you would expect from a Revenue Committee, right? So it'll, it'll be a huge <laughs> revenue issue for all of us. Yeah, so uh, LB670 will be in front of the Revenue Committee. Uh, it is Linehan's uh, priority bill. Uh, she has a personal stake in this. Her daughter, Katie Linehan, runs the nonprofit organization Educate Nebraska. Who knows what dark money funds that organization? And we her don't salary. know because we don't it's know. private information. Yeah, you can't find it out. Um, That's oh. never good, though. Dark Mm-mm. money is not a good thing. Nope. No. <laughs> Um, so it will definitely benefit her offspring. <laughs> so there's some nepotism going on there. Uh, I think some conflict of interest. I really hope someone um, talks about that in their testimony on Thursday. Oh, I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be there. <laughs> I, there is nothing I love more than calling out the uncomfortable fact in front of a uh, senator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, the other I do, and I enjoy doing that mm-hmm. probably a little too much. But um, the other thing is that um, there's another conflict of interest, and that is Joe Ricketts. Uh, Joe, That's Papa Ricketts. Yes, Papa Ricketts. <laughs> so um, he will... Uh, the one who sent racist emails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Just frame a reference, listeners. Yes, yes. Uh, Papa Ricketts. Um, he already runs a charter school out of Bellevue. Not charter. We oh, haven't discovered God. what it is. But he it's runs some private sort of private school, school that has maybe one or two students. One um, or two? Last I saw... Are you for real? Yeah. That's weird? Okay. It's, it's an interesting website as well, because we you can't find anything called. out about it. Oh, uh, 
let me see. We'll come back to it. But go ahead. So how does this affect Papa Ricketts? Well, so um, <laughs> you all might be familiar with uh, Jane Mayer's Dark Money. It's a great book. Uh, if you is, haven't read it, read it, it is the next thing you do. Uh, but she has followed the money in a lot of different states and school districts. And, and followed, this is an ALEC bill, which is the ALEC stands for? I believe it's the American Legislative Exchange Council. And that's exactly what they do. They write up legislation ideas and they pass them around to senators who don't have the time or ability to write their own bills. Bad bills. Bad, bad. Always and then what happens is you'll see the exact same bills in multiple states yes. because they're just spreading it around. But oh, go ahead. I remember the other bill that Alec brought is that's the uh, America... Americanism? Yes. Oh, oh the Committee on yeah, Americanism yeah, that, bill. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 That's modeled from them. Yeah. So Joe Ricketts is a billionaire, we all know. Uh, billionaires love this Alec bill. And in our case, it's LB670, um, because they actually can turn a profit off of it. So they can donate up to $10 million a year, and that's just chump change mm-hmm. for, for Papa Ricketts. But um, it increases each year. Wow. So this, okay, so this is a really expensive bill because of the um, revenue that we would lose from it. It the total amount of tax credits for 2020 would be $10 million and will increase each year thereafter. Hmm. Yeah. So that is a lot of taxes that we are not collecting that would be going to roads and parks and schools mm-hmm. and the social safety net. So think about CPS and Department of Health and Human Services. Mm-hmm. These are all the things that our taxes uh, go to and we will have less of a tax base because of this. And Joe Ricketts won't have to pay any taxes, which mm-hmm. is what he wants. Not only will he not get taxed on that money, but he can turn around for the federal government and, and uh, actually make money off of it. So the tax bracket for the upper 37, per, for the upper, the billionaires, sure, upper 1%, is 37%. Um, so basically for every $100 he gets a tax write-off for, he can then come back and make up to $137 by claiming that on his federal taxes. And so there's a great resource for this. NPR did, um, that we can share maybe online. Yeah, maybe we can put it in the show notes. Um, What's it called, though? It's this. It's just a tax loophole for wealthy donors. Uh, NPR went in and looked at all the different states that have passed this bill. Um, and basically it says, ITEP uses the example of a multimillionaire living in South Carolina, which has few limits on these donations. She could give $1 million to a scholarship funding organization, which in that state goes to pay for private school scholarships exclusively. As a result, she would get that $1 million taken off her state tax bill. But here is where things get interesting. According to ITEP, she and donors in 10 states that have these rules could then turn around and claim a federal, federal charitable tax exemption on the same donation. So, the new, so that is how they make money. This will actually right. line the pocket. So not only is Nebraska losing money, but it is a money maker for Ricketts. And he can donate to himself. He can donate to Senator Linehan's daughter, Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, he will donate... That money, and then we don't get it as revenue in our state to fund the things that he should be paying taxes for, that we all pay taxes for. Things yeah. that they're struggling to figure out how to make the tax revenue work for right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So the other thing about this is that when you suddenly make money available for alternative school programs, non-public, you are opening the door for the next step, which is charter schools. Mm-hmm. That They are... 
trying to lay the groundwork. It is very, they have tried and thank God not been successful yet in getting charter schools in Nebraska. They're unproven. Um, they don't outperform public schools and they are selective in who they educate. And um, for many reasons, they're not a good idea and Nebraska does not need those. But it's, it will be that much easier mm -hmm. to invite the charter school it's, idea when there's suddenly a way to fund them. And it's a slippery slope, so. Slippery slope. Yeah. We have seen other states that their public schools are just reeling. Right. From where's, the lack where's Betsy of DeVos from? Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. they're reeling. Yeah, <laughs> badly. Yeah, so uh, the other thing is, um, so again, we mentioned this should be in the Education Committee, but they pulled a fast one. It's in the Revenue Committee. And they did that for a reason, because it never would have passed through the Education Committee. Mm -hmm. So Patty Pansy Brooks, in her testimony last year when this same bill was up, she made the point um, that it's not profitable to educate disabled children. What happens is it becomes when charter schools come in, it's a two-tier system. They take students selectively and they leave the students with the highest needs in the public school system. They become more and, 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 and they're not it's really horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. And this Either is what we've seen in every state. I will say this wholeheartedly as someone who even attended a um, private Catholic school <laughs> at one point in my life. Not Catholic, but went there for various reasons. Um, but private schools can and do discriminate. They do. They discriminate based on religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, disability, other characteristics. And that is not where we think mm -hmm. that our hard-earned public dollars mm -hmm. should yeah. be going. Right. They don't have to follow the same rules uh, that, that our other schools do, whether it's Title IX or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they are exempt, and um, that is not where our, our state tax tax dollars should be going. And Nebraska has wonderful public schools. Yep. That's the thing. We, we outperform almost a lot all of the our states, peers. All of our peers on graduation rates. It's Iowa and Nebraska. We have the highest high school graduation rate. And Nebraskans know it. Um, the NSEA polled Nebraskans and they found that 65% of Nebraskans did not think charter schools should be funded with public tax dollars. And 55% opposed using tax dollars to pay for school vouchers. Um, Which this is a voucher bill, basically. Mm -hmm. So even in, quote-unquote, red Nebraska, even though I think we're changing that a little <laughs> bit, um, Nebraska loves public schools. And that's why they have failed. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is really scary. I think this could pass. And everyone needs to write in or show up, write your testimony, get it to the Revenue Committee by March 6th at 5 p.m., or show up on March 7th, because there are a lot of people who will be there um, who are part of this school choice, <laughs> yeah. uh, these groups, who will be testifying for it. Um, and so we need to have opposition. I assume NSEA uh, will oh, be there. Yes. <laughs> uh, as well as the people from I Love Public Schools. Stand for Schools, Stand for schools. is another organization that's kind of opposite of, what did you call it, Educate Nebraska? Uh -huh. was school they choice kind of popped up in in support of schools, and they're doing great work. Check them out online, Stand for Schools. Um, but we, we simply cannot afford this. Right. We will not have the outstanding schools we have now and if we, we pass this. We already rank 48th in the nation for state support to K-12 education. And we have, despite that, 
y'all have some amazing schools to mm-hmm. choose from. Mm-hmm. We even have um, a form of choice. All Nebraska schools are open. Mm-hmm. You can send, if I'm in Lincoln, I can send my kid to Wahoo. I can send my kid to... What's south of town? Hickman. Hickman! <laughs> you know, and vice versa. They right. can send their kids to LPS. Even within larger districts like LPS, I'm not, I can't speak for OPS, but in LPS, you can, um, any school that's not at capacity, you can go there. Yep. You can enter. And the high schools are all open mm-hmm. choice. So there are many ways to be able to Get the type of experience you need for your child, your family, um, without needing charter schools or voucher slash scholarship legislation. Well, I, I think that we need to stand strong um, on this bill this year because there are many uh, private schools in the city that are closing because of funding issues. And I really think that there'll be some people in that um, area that'll be pushing for something like this as a alternate mode of funding. So they're going to look for to take away from public funding um, so they can have rich donors in an effort to keep those schools open. Keep those schools That's open. That's a really good point. I it's, forgot about that. It's not surprising. Uh, the main proponents of school choice are billionaires like mm-hmm. Ricketts, mm-hmm. Um, but also the archdiocese. Yeah. And the Platt Institute we, is, is actually what I would refer to as a stink tank, not a think mm-hmm. tank. Yeah, I mean, it started um, by Pete Ricketts. Yeah, it was started so. by Pete Ricketts and Groney. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yes. So they came together in 2007 and started the Platt Whoa, Institute. Right. He started a, Groney started a think tank. It's so ironic. <laughs> But uh, I, I wonder mean, if he's ever misspelled it or, oh. or, or misspoke about it. Oh. He's certainly never <laughs> done anything embarrassing. I got, I got nothing on that. So the committee members that you're going to want to contact about this bill, um, uh, Senator Luann Linehan, Senator Tom Breezy, Senator Sue Crawford, Senator Kurt Friesen, Senator Mike Groney, Senator Mark Coulterman, Senator... Brett Lindstrom and Senator John McAllister, they're all on the committee. I highly recommend adding your own state senator to that email. I know it's a terrible committee. I know. Okay. It's making a face. It's going to get out of And you know what? I hope that there are not enough votes for culture. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know. I mean, they wanted to get rid of it. I mean, they took it out of the Education Committee for a reason. Patty Panzing yeah. Brooks is a huge proponent of public schools. Um, and they, Grony was such, you know how Grony is. I just and love, how he talks to I women. love Patty. Oh, Patty's the I best. Can't, I but cannot wait wanna, to see what she does Patty in the future. There's a lot this. of people I like on the Education mm-hmm. Committee. Oh, so yeah. Keep yeah. it up, Education Committee. Yep. <laughs> Any final thoughts about that before I move on? Nope. All right. Stephanie, this is kind of your bag. She's going to talk about, we don't, we really try to focus on statewide issues, but, you know, being the second largest district, I think, Mm -hmm. maybe we're third, I don't know, district in, you're fine, being in the second or third largest district, LPS has a school board race coming up. Yep, and it's some of our only elections in 2019, so. When is that primary and elections, Stephanie? Uh, The primary day here in Lincoln is April 9th with the general election on May 7th. And we've got three districts up for election. Um, There is District 2, 4, and 6, so the even districts this year. Um, In District 2, Connie Duncan will be running for re-election. 
Um, and then in District 4, there's Annie Mumgard. Um, she does have an opponent. Um, he, I believe, is uh, does maintenance work for Lincoln Public Schools right now. Oh. I haven't heard a lot about that. And then uh, the last district, District 6, was um, Matt Schulte's district, Good riddance. Um, yes, who he's will, not running well, for re-election. Who will not be running for re-election. Will not be missed. <laughs> and, my representative. Um, oh. <clears throat> Annie's mine, so I feel uh, fortunate. Um, but Bob Rauner is running for his seat. And Bob, as of March 1st, the deadline does not have an opponent, which is fantastic. So the only contested school board race um, that we're going to have here in Lincoln is for District 4 um, with Annie Mumgard. So I'd encourage, I don't know if this is seeing red um, endorsements, but go volunteer for Annie. She does fantastic work on the school board. And um, <laughs> as long as she's reelected, that would mean that um, the Democrats and Lincoln would have gained a board or a seat on the school board, which if we just keep yeah. one at a time. Yeah. I mean, it's officially, I think it's a nonpartisan the school board. It is. But we all know. Um, <laughs> let's face it. Bob, so Bob Rauner does some really great stuff. He is the president of Partnership for Healthy Lincoln, mm-hmm. Which does great work. Um, he's a town. huge. He's, he's a, a family huge, physician. He's an advocate for local food and nutrition. And fitness. Yep. Um, Partnership for Healthy Lincoln puts on the Streets Alive every year. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. Yeah, I love that event. I love it. Super great. September, and, right? Yep. And they bring it to like neighborhoods that like could really benefit from some positive mm-hmm. um, and community building events. And I go every year. I think that the Lincoln Community Foundation did some studies and they pick those areas based on some data that they got there um, in an attempt to positively impact um, people's uh, health and, uh, I don't know, I'd say longevity. but Yeah, I went this year. I think it was in Belmont. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it was a blast. Yeah. It's, it's really big. Mm-hmm. They have a lot yeah, of marching bands. And so he, that's the type of stuff that's Bob Rauner's been working yeah. on. Yep. And amazing. so he would be a great ally yep. on the school board. And it looks like that is he's going to be a shoe-in, so that's fantastic. So nobody's running against Connie Duncan? Nope. Okay. So um, Stephanie and I are both planning to do some early voting in the Lincoln Spring elections because um, neither one of us is going to be in town that day. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie is going to look up and tell us a little bit about early voting. So early voting, um, you can request a ballot by mail for the primary and the general. Um, you just need to do that before for the primary March 29th, um, if you do it by mail or fax. If you're faxing in your voter registration, we should talk. Um. <laughs> <laughs> your cell phone man. Fax machines exist still. That's what I don't. My six year my six year old asked for one for Christmas. Fax okay. machines are the worst. I've got one okay, for the so medical community. They're really okay. They are they are secure, ish. Okay, so yeah. if you're going to request in person, you need to do that by Monday, April eighth, and of course they're always due the day of the primary or the general. Um, and so I say we can go ahead vote early. That, yeah. Anytime between now, you, you could already ahead. do it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but ahead. vote early, vote often, you know, yeah. all the elections. So it's anyway, easy. I've Not never, before. I've never voted by mail before and mm-hmm. I can't decide if I'm going to do that or if I'm going to go into the election commissioner's office because for the last 10 years, every election, I'm always 
at my polling precinct. So I, I personally like like to go in and just fill it out. There's something I don't know ritualistic about it. They like, give I you a, wanna, it's a sticker. It's a sticker. I want the sticker. <laughs> I want the sticker. And the mail. You're like, oh, will it get there? Who trusts snail mail? <laughs> so anyway, you can. They've got offices you can go to here in Lincoln, 601 North 46th Street, right next to the DMV. Yep. Right? I actually went in there early uh, for the fall election because I... It irks me. Every single election day, we have staff meetings. Mm. Oh, yeah. it's really, really hard to get out of work and then go... And it's just because it falls on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So then every single time I'm running out of work, trying to get the kids, trying to go vote. Mm-hmm. So, and the, this fall I was like, so anti anybody who likes the Cheeto. I was like, there's no way I'm leaving this to chance. And I voted early, but that's okay. All, All right. right. Uh, last third uh, thing we're going to talk about another legislative bill that is, had a lot of hubbub about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue some misunderstanding, but because people are concerned, and I think should be, so we're going to kind of debate this one out. This is LB 147, the Student Discipline Act. Okay, can you tell me who the sponsor of this bill is? Do I have to? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Just oh. your own when you say it. <laughs> so they automatically, it raises my spidey senses. When I know. Grony's doing anything, and, I'm like, there's got to be something wrong there. I don't know. And, and, and it's just me. And mine too. And you wonder, it makes you wonder about his motives, because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. said... Terrible, horrible things about educators. About teachers, about students, about to about schools. He's not. He, uh, he's not supportive. He doesn't of, like people. No. Uh, I, I think something traumatic happened to this man <laughs> in a school. Like I don't know I what happened, but I like I hope one day he, he just, just tells us. Most educators are women. Chest. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's, it's got to be deep-seated misogyny. Mm-hmm. Like, though, he said weird things about like calling us draft dodgers and stuff oh my if gosh. my rem- if my memory serves right and i'm just like what happened to you okay the man is not well educated tangent either. tangent he, he called it. tangent yeah. it's all right okay lb 147 the student discipline act um so it had it changes the student discipline act in two basic ways and i am giving you the educator perspective here your my friends here will argue with me and that's good um and that i'll i'll tell you that nsca the state teachers union is um supporting this bill currently okay so we have a bill sponsored by groney that's being supported by the nebraska educator i know whoever thought we would say those words Uh, i am trying to figure it out but um, first, what it would do is it would allow school, school personnel uh, to physically intervene when a student is a danger to themselves, others, or school property. So right now, what are they supposed to do if a student so, is a... Sorry, go ahead. Right now, what's the... Yeah. Like, what do you do? What do you do, April? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, current case law um, states that teachers can intervene to restrain the student without threat of being disciplined for corporal punishment. Okay. okay. So would that but, be changing it? So the this bill would codify those court rulings 
by stating in statute that school personnel can hold the hands, wrists, or torso of a student to control their movements when they are in danger of harming themselves, others, or school property. So what happens if there's a fight on school property now? Okay. What do teachers do? It's anybody's guess, honestly. Teachers are very confused and very scared. Because there aren't any current statutes. There's only case law, which is harder probably for teachers to access than a statute would be, for instance. I am not going to go so far and say that I know that for sure that there are no current statutes. I'm just, I can only speak to this bill at this moment. But what currently happens is um, sometimes teachers intervene and get in trouble with their school district. For pulling two kids apart. For pulling two kids apart. Sometimes they get in trouble because they didn't intervene. Mm -hmm. And what... The reason NSCA is supporting it is because they want it clear. They have had teachers in trouble, members in trouble, in both ways. And, um, you know, they are there to protect teachers, and their attorneys and things say this would seriously help the case of teachers and keeping, um, giving them that exact right. Um, in state law, mm-hmm. so that they can protect the safety of the student and others. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I'm worried about. Yeah. I think part of the reason Groney is bringing this up, I'm originally from North Platte, he represents North Platte, Ugh. but <laughs> in North Platte there was a highly publicized case where Coach Moorhead, or Woodhead uh, pulled, a, pulled a kid through a hallway by his ankles 90 feet. Would yeah. this cover him? Or that doesn't count because... Well, it says that they have to use reasonable care. Okay. That doesn't sound reasonable to me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like that would hold up in court. And that they sound. cannot employ any mechanical device or binding. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm not saying they would, but they're laying out that you cannot. So there would be no tying up. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God. Oh. I know it's a difficult thing to think about, but they're saying no, that's you, not, that is explicitly not allowed. So I'm hoping are, that eases some people's worry. Are they, I, I just worry that somehow this is going to lead to guns in schools. <laughs> that's what I, a little, makes me a little nervous because there's. I'm worried it's going to lead to corporal punishment because corporal punishment actually is allowed in some states, in school. So they can spank your kid. Mm-hmm. They can do all sorts of different things. It is not legal in Nebraska. Corporal punishment is not legal. You cannot do that to children here. Um, but I am a little bit worried that this might give some license to teachers to intervene when they don't, and when it's unnecessary. And who are the kids who are going to be most likely for this to happen to? Mm-hmm. Disabled kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids children who are generally vulnerable, mm-hmm. so children of color. Um, it it does worry me that it could cover for teachers who are actually not good teachers and who are using it uh, using force to restrain kids in times when they're not actually a harm to themselves or others. That's my worry. Yeah, no, I that was never anything I would want to see. No. I I mean, I can't speak for NSEA, but I don't think they would support that either. I but um, I think they are. They're struggling. There are a lot of stories of, of schools and teachers and students where extremely unsafe mm-hmm. student behavior occurs. Yeah. And where teachers are getting assaulted by students. They are, yeah, and they're struggling with how can we make these classrooms safe again. And so 
it is sticky. I get why it's sticky. I, um, I just thought we should talk about it. I mean, I do trust the NSCA that, and I do know that this was up last year and it didn't pass. And I, and I, if I recall correctly, and I might be wrong, I think NSCA was neutral then, but perhaps they have worked together to change this one a little bit so that it's more palatable to NSCA. They have, and it cover, and it's more protective of teachers. I would say if anybody's listening and this is like your big issue that you're really concerned about, and you probably should be, read the bill, read the new edits, and that might help you decide how you currently still feel about it. The other thing that it does, the second thing it does, is it allows teachers to have a student removed from the classroom by an administrator or their designee or school resource officer when the teacher has documented that the student documented. Does that mean writing? Yeah, it couldn't be just word of mouth documented that the student has repeatedly interfered with the teacher's ability to maintain a learning environment, or if the student's immediate behavior is so unruly, disruptive, or abusive that it interferes with the learning of other students. In my head, it would already seem that that's already... uh, That happens all the time. Right. Mm. That already happens. I guess I've seen it happen in the middle schools that I've worked in. It can happen. Um, There are times when teachers feel that is the only way for them to move forward, and the principal or administrator disagrees, and so the students does not get removed from permanent permanently removed. No, it's oh, it's two no more than two days, and I don't mean like two days out of school, but two days out of that class Uh until it can be um, the student. Let me look at this. they're allowed an amount of time to come up with an intervention plan designed to prevent future disruptions and reintegrate that student. Mm-hmm. So this gives teachers powers over administrators in a way. If a teacher well, says it, is that, that is sort of that, that is that is why admit the um, Nebraska State Administrators Group, whatever they're called, was against, is against it. Oh, okay. They don't. You know, my take on it is they don't want that responsibility to have to take it out, but. My argument would be, well, that's your job. You're mm-hmm. at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, that's why yep. you make the big bucks, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's so. it's interesting. I'll, I'll be interested to see where this goes. It doesn't directly impact me, but it does worry me for the most vulnerable students. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know... Suspicious for that reason, but I have more. I have a lot of faith in the NSEA and in teachers like you, April. Like I've so many good teachers trying to work really hard with their students. Mm-hmm. I've seen some really unruly students in classrooms, and you guys are amazing. You guys can handle a lot, and some things you should not have to handle. <laughs> you should not have to be in an unsafe environment. I think that's also why NSEA supports it. Is they always are emphasizing teachers are professionals who know what they're doing yes. and who work really hard and we should trust teachers to be able to make that call yes. that this student needs some sort of uh, you know uh, intervention mm-hmm. plan to get them back into class because we're the ones seeing it and you've got to trust us mm-hmm. that trust we teachers. can handle this I like that so I don't know. I, I, I very much... can't trust you to know when you can't handle it because there are some students, it doesn't matter who the teacher is, is not going to be able to handle it and teachers need the appropriate support to be able to take care of that. Right. So, it's like I said, it's sticky. Mm-hmm. We all have worries. 
Um, but keep an eye on it. Keep reading the bill. Pay attention. And uh, we'll see what happens. You've been listening to Seeing Red, Nebraska Politics from the Left, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. Be sure to check it out at seeingrednebraska.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne, on Facebook at seeingrednebraska, and you can contact via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com. Our audio engineer is Steve Ramsey, who also wrote our music. See you next time.